Hello. Welcome to the podcast, Process Theology, which explains how it is that everything is in the process of becoming, even God, and you are the means by which God does so. You are significant. My name is Daniel, and I am the host of of this podcast. Today we are going to discuss two additional prophecies. But why look at prophecies? What's so important about prophecies and their relationship to process theology? Prophecies imply that catastrophes happen to our planet and thus to our species and thus to ourselves. But prophecies do more than that. In addition to telling us that catastrophes have always been a part of our planet's history, Prophecies tell us that how we react to catastrophes is determined by us as individuals and as a species. Process theology tells us we have free will. Now, some would say we don't have free will. Well, if we don't have free will, then nothing matters. Because regardless of what we do, events will take their own course. So, the only actions we can take that provide any kind of hope for us as individuals and as a species. Our actions determined by free will. And so it is we are going to venture into more depth regarding prophecies. Today we are going to talk about The Wheel of Dharma, 500 B.C. Buddhism initiated the spin of the Wheel of Enlightenment. Buddhism prophesied the wheel, that is, the Wheel of Dharma, would spin 2,500 years with the aid of an infusion of new energy at 500-year intervals. The prophecy, however, predicted the infusion of new energy would not be enough to keep the wheel from slowing down and eventually stopping by the year 2000. 
Now, the year 2000 is not an exact number. It can vary by 10 years. It can vary by 100 years. It can vary by several hundred years. What is interesting is examining the last 2,500 years of our history as a species. Buddhists believe enlightenment is generated by a form of momentum. They relate it to a spinning wheel. The wheel must be assisted in its spin, or eventually it will stop spinning. Their prophecy, established in 500 B.C., says Buddhism began the spin of the wheel, at which point the 500-year cycles began. Buddhism, 500 B.C., Christ, 0 A.D., Islam, 500 A.D. Beyond that, it becomes debatable what 500-year factors contributed energy to the spin. It could be argued the development of religious philosophy, namely ontology, in the year 1000 A.D., was the next factor, followed by the development of modern science in 1500 A.D. What one wishes to conjecture as to what were the causes of the 500-year energy bursts is not of importance. What is of interest is the idea that, like the Great Pyramid timeline, the Hopi Indians prophecy rock, the Mayan calendar, as well as so many other ancient prophecies developed worldwide. Buddhists also predict a very significant juncture in time will occur at the end of this millennium. Buddhists believe the wheel will stop spinning at the end of the 2,500-year cycle. They do not forecast only gloom and destruction. They leave a message of hope. They imply we, you and I, can spin the wheel ourselves if we wish to do so. We can give the wheel a fresh spin that will last another 2,500 years. But just looking at the wheel is not enough. We can only spin the wheel if we reach out, take hold of it, and intentionally spin it. 
So what can we do to create a spin capable of enduring 2,500 years? Whatever it is, it will have to be something very basic to endure the onslaught of time. The initial spin of the wheel oriented around a change in perception. The elimination of suffering. Each additional energy infusion also oriented around a change in perception. Perhaps the initiation of the next spin must do the same. Now let's talk about revelations. 0 AD The Thunder of Horses' Hooves We hear it from the pulpits. The time is at hand. A rider on each of four horses, one white, one red, one black, one pale. The four riders and their horses, accompanied by four hell riders. The eight will come thundering down the plane of time, one after the other. And as we watch, we will stand in awe and fear of doing nothing. Revelations, like all other prophecies, does not predict what will be. Revelations, prophecies, what will be if? If what? If we do not change. If we continue on the path we currently are on. If we continue to ignore the big picture. The prophecies do not come right out and tell us what we must do to change. If they had, they would have shorted out the process of growth that had to take place for our species. There was so much for us to learn in order to understand A child of nine or ten may be able to survive without assistance. But what about one, two, or three-year-olds? Growth must take place. A time for learning must be allowed. A species is no different. The species may be composed of individuals, but the individuals can only absorb so much. How could a caveman ever understand the concept of the need to eliminate suffering? How could the first Roman emperor ever understand the Christian concept of unconditional love or the Muslim concept of of justice for all. Ontology, the concept of understanding a causative force without religion getting in the way, 
or the evolutionary development of human beings understood by the first few popes? Hardly. Time was needed for growth. Revelations had nothing new to offer us. This is not belittling the need for revelations. We had been told before, but the message had to be made clear, told over and over by many cultures, not just one. Before we could understand we were still learning, we learned through great teachers, some would say by the intervention of the causative force herself. This is not the point of debate being addressed in this trilogy. The point being addressed is change. And what trilogy am I talking about? I am talking about the first trilogy that I recorded. The trilogy including the books, You and I Have a Purpose for Existing, in the image of God, and stepping up to the Creator, all of which are available free of cost on my website, www.panentheismaddressing.com. There's no charge for the books. There's no limitation regarding how many you can reproduce and distribute. The only limitation is that you do not change what the trilogy is saying. So, the point being addressed is change. What do we have to change in order to significantly reduce trauma? The trilogy I mentioned does more than say we have to change. It suggests a means to do so. And what is this means? The means we can use to change is to expand our understanding of reality. To move the boundary we have set regarding the outer limits of reality. The boundary we have set is the end of the universe itself. Excuse the interruption. I just want to interject a quick thought into this podcast. And that is that some of you, as you progress through the podcast, may find it becoming confusing. And I want to remind you that the initial podcast, beginning with Season 1, Episode 1, provides the basic 
fundamental understanding of process theology. And if you are becoming confused or finding the podcasts incomplete, you may want to refresh your memory by going back to episode one, season one. With that, let's continue with our podcast. We have come to the point where we are examining the physical universe and what the physical universe is and what the outer limits of the physical universe is. The naysayers, as we spoke of previously, will tell you it is impossible to know what lies beyond the physical universe. But the naysayers have always been wrong. When we thought that the limits of the world, the limits of reality, reached out to the shorelines of the land masses, The naysayers said, you can't go any further or you will fall off the end of the world. But some brave souls said, no, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to see how far out I can go. And they found more land they found more continents. And then the naysayers said, well, okay, maybe you're, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're right that the earth is a sphere. But the earth is the center of existence. And some people said, no, It is not the center of existence. They said the Earth orbits the star we call the sun. And so it is with time, with observation. It was shown that the Earth, in fact, did orbit the sun. And in fact, there were many planets that orbited the sun. Well, then the naysayer said, well, the sun is a center of existence. And lo and behold, through the use of advanced telescopes, logic, reasoning, we found The sun actually is near the outer limits of the Milky Way galaxy. And on and on it went, the naysayers being proven wrong all the time. 
And so it is with our understanding of reality being the end of the universe itself. It will be proven that there is an existence beyond the physical universe. And we, as logical, rational, intelligent, thinking individuals and species, will come to realize we can once again mentally reach beyond that outer limit of the universe. And we can understand what is outside. And I would suggest to you that what is outside the physical universe, by definition, is not physical in nature. And the physical universe is defined as being all, all of time, space, matter, and enter energy. And with a little logic and a little rationality, if we conceive of erasing the universe, we can conceive of what is left. For we know if we erase the universe, all of time is gone. All of space is gone. All of matter and energy is gone. And then, with a little rationality, we can understand that what is left is not composed of matter, energy, space, and time. And we can determine what that is rationally. And it would be knowledge. But knowledge does not act. What acts is knowing. What acts is thought. What acts is higher consciousness. And we know within us, as we exist in the physical universe, that we each are capable of thought. We each are capable of knowing and interpreting. And if that is the case, then we image what is outside the physical universe. And that's called growth in terms of our perceiving what reality is. And with that growth comes an understanding of what each and every one of us is. It comes the understanding that we are all brothers and sisters. It comes the understanding that the way we treat each other, the way we treat our planet, 
determines what is left for others to experience. And therefore, we change our behavior from universal violence to one of brotherly love. And with that, I am going to leave you to think about what it is we have just discussed and how it is what we have discussed could be, might be, the means by which we change in the future. With that, I am signing off. Peace. Thank you for joining me today. In the meantime, remember to stand strong, stand tall against the forces in society that want to reduce you to mere flesh and blood in order to dominate you and subjugate you, when in fact you have a spark of the divine within you. And it is that spark of the divine which is made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. You must have significance. And in fact, you must be significant. How could it be otherwise? This is Daniel Signing off. Peace.